Welcome back to NELP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our young professional network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts today include myself, Brett Lemke with RM Landscape, Miles Kuperis. How are you today, Miles? Good to see you. It's good to see you too, Brett. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in New York. So, again, global. It. You're always yeah. on the move. Again, I guess so. you are starting to take the record. I used to have the curious backgrounds. Now I'm actually more excited to see your curious backgrounds. So I mean, uh, we, we got a we got a delivery truck in the back here. Oh, uh, coffee shop. So. All right. So another yeah, a typical another New York building. Right. Another a building, building. You know, <laughs> scaffold and a truck. Same old New York. Yeah. Good deal. Um, well, well, we've got a, a really fun uh, guest today. So I'm going to do the intro. Um, today we have uh, Patrick Henry, and for over 10 years, Patrick Henry was a Nashville songwriter and performer on the Sirius XM radio comedy channels. In 2020, he left for the bright lights and adoring fans to follow his dreams in the chemical business. Uh, well, uh, maybe a bit of a stretch, but when COVID shut down the country in 2020, uh, Patrick was out of a job. And well, he got a call from his college roommate that would change the course of his life. Through the fortuitous chain of events, Patrick joined his college roommate and a lovable retired 75-year-old chemist found in, and, and, and founded their company, uh, Monarch Chem. Did I say it right, Patrick? Yes, you did. All right. I forgot to ask you that question. The makers of an eco-friendly herbicide. Uh, Lonarch, did I say that right? That's right. I'm, I'm, see, I'm you're, on, you're on a roll. Yeah, a herbicide called Lonar. Patrick helped grow the company from registration to retail. Uh, and, and since that, the three years ago, they've built a nationwide distribution network, including the biggest retailers in the country. They're on a mission of offering a safe and effective alternative to the topic, toxic herbicides that 78 million people a year spray around their homes. Patrick believes that they are a successful company that puts passion over profits, mission over merchandise, and firmly believes that if you can't create an emotion, emotional connection with your customers, you'll lose them. Very cool, Patrick. This is this is a lot to piece here. So I, there's certainly the product, but then the philosophy here is is just as uh, profound and exciting to talk about for our industry. So so welcome. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And um, you know, for 20 years, I was all philosophy, no product, and so now I'm <laughs> I, I've shifted, and and we're uh, up to our elbows and our eyebrows in manufacturing, and so a chance to put this the, the philosophy to the test has been a, a lot, really exciting, and and a lot of fun. And um, I always joke and say, yeah, I left the bright lights of Nashville to follow my dreams into the chemical business. And um, I had no idea how much fun this would be. It's a um, it's a great business to be in. Well, Patrick, uh, I was going to say, Patrick, what does your day to day look like right now? Just well, to kind of give us an idea. OK, so that's a great question. Um, this is a startup and most of your listeners are probably have been or in the middle of a, the startup mentality. So that means I'm doing everything from running QuickBooks to uh, going to sales meeting. We met with some big box stores uh, a few weeks ago. Um, tomorrow I head down to Alabama. I'll be jumping on a forklift. So it, it really, I, I have no job description other than to make sure that um, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so it's, um, you know, I, I think that's why people, entrepreneurs have a certain mentality there. There's a certain, uh, I mean, entrepreneur is the French word for risk. 
least that's what I've always been told. And so there is a certain, you know, what drives us is different than someone who settles in for a 401k and health insurance. You know, I mean, we, um, I, I often tell my wife, if I'd lived, you know, a couple hundred years ago, I probably would have had a pickaxe on my shoulder heading out to the Klondike looking for gold. And so um, my day to day, there's no telling, but what's going to be happening. But you found it through uh, the green industry um, and, you know, and there's a, a litany of careers out there. So the, um, what connected you to, to our world? Well, a couple of things, <clears throat> unless you're um, you've been living under a rock, you, you've been, you, you've seen all of the lawsuits um, that had to do with uh, glyphosate. And so for me, what really inspired me, I've got a great friend that years ago, um, her daughter got married and they live on this farm in, in South Carolina. So it was one of those beautiful South Carolina weddings. Um, peach trees in the back, you know, a tinted landscape, bands, and a huge ice sculpture with boiled shrimp at the bottom of it. Well, as that boiled shrimp, uh, as that ice began to melt, that water would drip onto the ground. Well, what no one realized is that a few days before that whole entire area had been sprayed with, with glyphosate and um, they had a new beagle puppy that got into it and, and it killed it. And so, you know, once they started putting it together and, and just hearing that story, um, it, you know, impacted me because I mean, 66% of this country owns a pet, 65 million people own a dog, 47 million people own a cat. And eighty-five percent of those people consider themselves consider their dogs part of the family, opposed to seventy-six for cats. But sometimes people feel differently about their cats. No, no, I I, I support that that those numbers. So we're a, we're a, um, I mean, I've got two dogs. One who, if could talk, would say, "Let me in. I have to pee." But I love my animals. I love, um, and obviously, I, I like my kids. But um, but I care about what I spray around my house. And I found having these conversations that people feel the same way. Now, I always tell people when I'm at trade shows, when I'm at different events, I'm not out trying to change hearts and minds. I'm just trying to provide an option for those who are looking for something other than the toxic herbicides. I mean, 250 million pounds of toxic herbicides sprayed every year in this country and uh, like 27 million just around for homeowners and landscapers. And so I believe that there are alternatives out there that people can use that are effective and that um, that won't cause some of the negative health uh, impacts that, that we've seen and experienced. So to let me just, Brett, um, link into your original question, what brought me into that, that's what kind of motivated me. But when I got a call from my college roommate, do you want to say something? Okay, so I got a call from my college roommate in 2020. Up until this point, for 20 years, I was a full-time professional speaker and a humorist on SiriusXM radio, uh, SiriusXM radio comedy channels, traveled the country, COVID hit, I was instantly out of work. I had a year and a half of bookings fall off the calendar. And I realized we all have stories and, and I'm not trying to put my experience over anybody else's, but I spent the next two months wondering what the hell I was going to do. I mean, comedy especially does not translate very well through a computer screen. And so um, I got a call from my college roommate and 
he and I graduated from the University of Southern Mississippi. And we, he basically said, what are you doing? And I said, well, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm eating Cheetos and watching Netflix. What are you doing? Well, Yusuf had, is, is one of these serial entrepreneurs. And so he, he starts companies, sells companies. He's made a ton of money. Um, my other college roommate, he also became very wealthy, but I had to follow my dreams into the music business. But um, regardless, he had made a ton of money, had met a guy um, in his Mardi Gras group. Now, let me just tell you this. A lot of people think Mardi Gras came from New Orleans. Not true. It's Mobile, Alabama. And so all along the Gulf Coast there, uh, there are Mardi Gras organizations, clubs, crews. It's a big social experience. And so he met a guy um, in his group who named Lon Stacy. Lon spent his career in the chemical business in Texas in concrete. He had invented um, curing agents and different kinds of chemicals related to the compound uh, concrete industry. But what he kind of became known for was he took what was traditionally petroleum-based products and made organic products. For example, when you pour concrete, you pour it into a form. Well, in order for that form to be, a, be lifted off of the uh, hardened concrete, you have to coat it with a chemical. Usually it's petroleum. Well, he had created a, a biodegradable um, product that municipalities, highway department, they loved. And so fast forward, he had retired, he was, um, but he never stopped tinkering and, and inventing. And he had been working on an ant killer. Well, he noticed, and he, he, he um, it was an organic ant killer. Well, he discovered that as he started to spray the ant beds, it would kill all the grass around the ant bed. And so he pivoted and, and started working on a weed killer. And I noticed you called it herbicide, which is what I call it as well. I always called it herbicide, but you spend five minutes around a South Carolina peach tree grower or Alabama feed and seed store owner, you start to call it herbicide. But regardless, um, that's when he approached my college roommate and said, listen, I've got this product. I think it's special. I need some help bringing it into the marketplace. And so that's when I got the call and they asked me to come down and, um, uh, or not to come down, but basically uh, run the company. And so that's when I just spent the next two months pouring over EPA compliance and, um, and uh, the FIFRA um, rules and regulations and OMRI. And one thing I realized is we are not a certified organic product because certified organic has to meet certain criteria, um, although we are a natural product. And so, um, but we're eco-friendly, biodegradable, safe for the environment. When you use this directed, I always say that. Um, and so it's just been a process. I mean, I, we have registered in 48 states only because I got really tired. Um, Indiana and Maine um, are, are tough to get registered in. We will at some point. But um, and we've started building distributors. And so we were going to shows. I think um, you guys were at the Sync Live show in Atlanta, which um, is for landscapers which was an interesting show for me, Brett, because, and, and stop me if I'm going too far in the wrong direction, but um, when we were at Synced Live, which is a landscaper show, uh, I was surprised by the overwhelming response we got from landscapers because a year and a half earlier, when we started building this product out, 
I went to one of my landscaping buddies in Ohio. He has one of the biggest landscaping companies in Ohio. And I said, are your customers starting to ask for uh, non, well, I called it Roundup at the time. It's kind of like in the South, every every soft drink is called a Coke. Every glyphosate oh, yeah. is called Roundup. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about glyphosate. So I said, are your customers telling you to stop using glyphosate? And he said, no. And I said, oh, okay. Fast forward a year and a half later, we're at the Sync Live show in Atlanta. Landscapers were lined up because their customers are, are starting to say, stop spraying um, Roundup or glyphosate around my, around my house. And so that's what we're really, really experiencing a good push. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say that the awareness of, of options is greater than it ever has been, um, even at the consumer level. And so we are we're finding ourselves being in conversations that you know we we thought we would drive, but those are coming from the customers. Uh, what are what are our options? Is 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 just becoming uh, more of that. And so to be able to discuss this, open this up, find a find a path um, is the curiosities, especially as regulation comes around. I, I've got a twofold perspective: is that uh, one we have to look out for our business and the compliance and regulations around use use of uh, of chemicals with licensed applicators there's lots of work to be done there and and how much of our industry is really doing a good job at managing that and how many people aren't and so how do we control those and then to say how does that environment and how are we having an impact and where can we best be be using these products um and in in safe to your point regulated ways of using it and so it, it's uh i like the combination that we are registered business and we use it. We use products that are on that list. And so it is uh, the training and the challenges and turnover means a high risk. I'm guessing, I think with the product that you, like yours, Patrick, like um, there is no licensing required to apply this product. No, if you spray salt water, you have to have a license. Um, I mean, so um, now, yeah, it, it is a 25B exempt product. So that means we don't have to go through EPA approval because all of our ingredients are on the um, FIFRA, the federal, uh, don't make me say it, but the, the government um, list of, of approved ingredients, meaning the EPA doesn't um, evaluate our product specifically because they've already evaluated the individual ingredients deemed a minimum risk for humans, minimum risk for the environment. So for that reason, um, <clears throat> a lot of states have or abide by the Healthy Schools Act, and um, and the Healthy yeah. Schools Act yeah. you know, says that you gotta, if you spray any chemicals, if you, I don't care if it's bleach, you've got to go through a training. You've got to they send a letter out to parents. A, a lot of states don't require 25B exempt products to to um, submit to those criteria, and so. But if you're a if you're a licensed applicator, oh, no, if you're a uh, if you spray herbicide on any property other than property you own, I believe you have to have a license in most states. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Miles. In your in your world, right? Even though the family business, um, we're around it, right? And I think we've gotten the industry's gotten a lot smarter of how you handle chemicals and working through it but uh you know there used to be the cool cowboy days of the product and now we're, we're managing it much much safer ways oh sure yeah yeah um i I'm just reflecting and thinking about as a uh, patrick's talking about like my experiences um i just remember being in the office and like having conversations about you know you know properly applied 
you know, just like the industry standard chemical portfolio can be relatively safe. At least that's like the argument. I don't have a stake in this because I, I'm like, I'm not a scientist and I haven't really read up about this. And a lot of these questions come from pure curiosity. Um, how, um, just like on the technical side, how do you guys differentiate yourselves from like, I guess, proven effective chemical offerings with like a more natural um, offering? And how do you get, how, how do you get to the with people who have done this for say like 10, 15, 20 years and change their minds because I'm assuming like, you know, breaking the status quo is probably one of your biggest hardest selling points, right? Well, it depends. Uh, so I, I think what, what you're asking, Miles, is how do we how do we change hearts and minds for people who have been using using Roundup for or glyphosate for, you know, 30 years? And, um, and yeah, so, yeah, no. it's well, the question, the question comes from because it's like, you know, in commercial settings or in um, tolerance environments or, you know, customers have high expectations, you don't really have the room to mess up. So, um, when you're making a change in products, uh, that's a pretty big commitment at scale, um, especially for some people. So I'm kind of curious on, this is more of like a general question of like how, how you guys as a company are approaching this because I'm sure it's a general business question to others. Like, well, first, okay, great question. <clears throat> I was at a trade show in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It was a distributor show. The, uh, the way we're going to market is through distributors. And so there's a lot of regional distributors that um, have their customer base, whether they be hardware stores that have a lawn and garden um, department or straight lawn and garden shows. But um, the conversation around glyphosate is a heated conversation and it shouldn't be. But people get ticked. People, you know, we have confirmation bias. And, and if anybody challenges that, we, we dig in and, and, and fight back. And um, so I'm standing there in the booth and this old man, um, he owns a hardware store, comes and just sits down in my booth. And, um, and so he said, what you got here? And I told him, he goes, I've been using that. I've been using Roundup for 30 years. And, I, and he just starts going off on the liberals and this and that. And I finally said, stop. I said, I'm not trying to change your mind, but don't you want to have an alternative for your customers who are looking for it? And he laughed and he bought three cases. So, to, but to answer your question, how, how do you go about changing minds? The market's changing. We're, we're just riding that way. People are starting to make decisions. Hey, I, I like my kids, but I love my dogs. And so if, if there's a chance that I can um, have something that spray something around my house that, that's not going to harm, then that's the direction I'm going to go. Um, people buy for two reasons, desire for gain or fear of loss. We operate in the fear of loss category. We are, um, so by buying our product, um, we like to think that our customers are considering, them, considering themselves responsible pet owners, responsible parents. And so as a landscaper, um, wouldn't it be nice to have an option um, to, to, to ask your customers, would you prefer that um, we spray a non-toxic herbicide around your house? Well, they're not going to say no. And there may be an upcharge to it. You know, it's a great way to create some additional revenue, but um, but but that's the space we're operating in. And so we're not, a, like I said before, we're not on a mission to change minds. We're on a mission to provide the alternative because the minds are changing. And um, 
I know that a lot of the box stores, they're getting rid of glyphosate altogether just to mitigate risk. And it's just a matter, you know, I mean, there is a liability involved, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really interesting way of framing how you how you guys are positioning your product. And I think just to repeat what I'm hearing in a general way, like you guys are you guys acknowledge the market wave, right? You guys are answering to like a core need of a person, which is, you know, the fear aspect, which is fine, you know, it's like you guys that's an effective selling point. And then also mitigating risk, which is also super, super important for um, a lot of your potential customers, uh, and also you know the customers that are being served by the people that you're selling to, which is like landscapers, uh, and box stores and supply suppliers and all that. So those are really good lessons. I feel like that sometimes we don't think about that enough in like the day to day business of like why we're doing what we're doing, or like how many service sell the services that we're serving in like a different type of way. So it seems like you guys have been really thoughtful about it. Um, what kind of work did you guys do to get to that point of like, because you got the you got the selling point down. It sounds like you really got this down. It's convincing to me. Um, how did you get to that point, Patrick, of like getting the story like told so that way you can like go out and be talking about the story? Well, um, the story, I mean, it just developed organically, um, you know, with the company. I mean, the, the, is that a joke? Is that a pun? Boom, boom. boom. And, um, <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of it, you know, I, I am my customer. You know, I am a homeowner. I have pets. I have kids. I spray weed killer. I don't care about cost per acre. You know, when I talk to, to farmers and people in ag, it's a very different conversation because we may not be the, I mean, we sell to farmers. I just sold, you know, a bunch of 30 gallon drums to a farmer, um, but we may not be the best solution for what they what 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 they're doing? I mean, I found that farm the agriculture they care about two things: they care about cost per acre and does it work. And um and so since our product is a contact herbicide, you got to spray, you got to coat the plant. It's got to be covered for it to work. And so our cost per acre may be a little bit higher um, in in some applications, more more like a burn down application. But um for we have other people in ag who are into uh, or you know growing tree fruit trees or or ornamental plants that it's it's a different spray and so but you know we also i guess what's been challenging now i haven't been challenging as much as been it's been the process of narrowing our lane at first we wanted to be all things to all people we wanted you know and as we continued down this road we realized that our real sweet spot where we belong is um, around the home with landscapers, with with homeowners. Um, it doesn't mean we don't have a place in those other verticals. But for this, um, you know, when I go out and spray, I'm spraying fence lines, I'm spraying cracks in the driveway, I'm spraying, you know, I'm, you know, or in in the flower beds. This is where most people are spraying, and so um, and, and this is where we belong. Yeah, I um, I, I think about this as a, in the context of a, the the commercial space, um, and a lot of our listeners are in that arena, and um, it, it's the testing, it's the it's the steps towards it, and so nothing is a a black and white where it's going to be all or nothing. Um, but you know, to our listeners, how do you 
how do you start trying this? I mean, we, we all have this judgment that if you spray it, you want to come back in two hours and you want to see it dead. Right. And there's an expectation that you're going to be able to see that. Um, Not if you're but, using glyphosate. <laughs> right. And so, and, and right. Or you, the instant gratification of oh, a product. Right. And, um, and when does it work? And, you know, even training our folks, it's like, you know, here's the right dosage. Here's just spray and go, but well, no, I think I got to spray it longer. If I spray it longer, won't it make it work faster? And so the the risk that we're all having is those that are not applying this product, any products appropriately, um, are are ruining it for a lot of us, right? Too much well, is going down in a lot of ways. Um, so if we can fix that, but then move it towards uh, better options that are are you know are safer and are different alternatives, I'm I'm very excited about that space. Well, and and you know, it was it's very important to me. And because I was learning about this business from day one, I was learning, you know, uh, you know, what an alpha hydroxy acid is. And, you know, I mean, this, I I don't have an experience in this area. And so I've learned too. And so as a result, I wanted to always be completely transparent. Um, There's three people I never BS, um, police officers, flight attendants, or bartenders. And now I've added one to that, which is farmers. And so, um, but when people say, you know, will this kill in two hours? Well, at one point we had on our FAQ sheet, see results in as little as two hours. Well, I had to tell some salespeople, stop telling people it's going to kill in two hours because you're setting expectations. Now I've sprayed, um, I've sprayed plants like clover and in, within two hours it, it started to wither. Um, but other plants like I've sprayed poison ivy, it took two or three days. And so, um, I always like to set reasonable um, practical and attainable expectations <clears throat> because it's a contact herbicide. It's going to work differently on different plants. Um, plants have different physiologies. And so, you know, I believe it's important to, to, to set reasonable expectations, but this product does work better than a lot of your natural products. And it's only four ounces to the gallon mix ratio opposed to the 20, 24 ounces that a lot of, a lot of them are. Yeah, yeah, it is. I I put in this perspective of everything that's new and we've had you know people on here talking about battery or autonomous. You've got to try it and you've got to put yourself in the position uh to be able to measure the success and compare. Putting it in and throwing it in, a, in the back of a truck or placing it in the back of a truck and not wor- wondering how it's going to be measured um is risky for those that want to invest in the space. So Put it with a team that's really going to be conscious about what they're using and how they're applying. It's working, um, and then give it the shot. Because I agree, there's not a customer out there that would say, given the two options, would they not choose a safer uh, path? Um, you know, generally, think back on that, and would be willing to pay more for a safer path. I mean, right. there, 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 there is a certain point of no return, but. Um, but if it's a reasonable price increase, I would certainly say, yeah spray the, the the safer stuff and i'll pay you know 20 30 bucks a month more or whatever i i tend to i'm i'm looking for the path that where we start figuring out how we don't have to charge more for it that it is the right one and i'll i'll i'll, I'll compare it to in our world of snow and ice um just straight rock salt compared to brine and so we are out there saying that well brine has a um, it's going to have more applications. It doesn't have the long, the long residual. So we're going to be putting down potentially more of it. We're that, that cost is, is mitigated and that we're going to say that 
uh, we're investing, I suppose, with lo- very little loss behind it, that mm. this is a, a, a better solution for you and it won't cost anything because we just want people to start doing it um, and seeing the results of that. And there's less rock salt hitting um, hitting the, the sewers and the waterways and so on. And there's that whole path into that. And so um, it, it, it's going in there and being able to put to say to your customers, I'm doing something that will be impactful for your business, your clients, your customers, all those pieces. And it's not going to cost you more Then we're going to move this thing a hell of a lot faster than yeah. we ever will. Uh, if we say we need another dollar uh, for it, where you yeah. can do it, how you can do it. That's where we got to be smart about it. Yeah. And the yeah. thing about our product is, is, I mean, we're not significantly higher. I mean, a year ago we were, we were, three times cheaper than glyphosate was, but now uh, those plants in China have opened back up. Um, it, it's gone down, but we're still not that, I, I mean, in some spaces we're, we're apples to apples as far as price and other places were a little more, but, um, but anyway, I, I, I like the way you're thinking. It, it doesn't always have to be more expensive to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think, um, and Brett, to your point, it's kind of was, definitely a normal problem to have like where you have customers maybe 20 we have 20 percent right 80 20 like that are willing to say yeah screw it just i'll pay more for this the stuff and go from there just and uh and so let you play and then i think the problem is expected at a commercial level that's what i was trying to get out to my other question is like 80 percent who aren't going to be your test test experiments right we need like crude results because once you start if you don't have a good relationship with that customer um and or like they're just treating you like a commodity it's kind of hard to do like a switch of service that can impact the quality or the timeliness of that service um or efficiencies of that project uh of that project um where you know if the cost is the same they're willing to make that jump with you but sure. it's it's pretty interesting like especially in commercial like for I feel like it's easy to say, like, yeah, sure, we'll charge more for an organic or safer product, but the, the end result, which is a tough business problem, is like, how do you convince, how do you not lose your position with your customers by making it such a drastic switch? Is always the question. So, well, well, it's, uh, for me, it, it, it's just the part, who you partner with. And so it is, when you step into this, everything has to be a success. And so when we, we've got, we have a handful of clients that are just, uh, are dying for this alternative right now. We've, we're using, um, steaming as a way of controlling weeds. And, uh, but that is, it has a lot of, a lot more labor than a, an application, uh, a, a direct contact application. Um, but for, and we have one client that just really is very happy with this. Um, it's a high exposure retail location that says, great, um, let, let's go with that. And for the re- a bit of it, we actually aren't charging that much more because we just, again, we need a lot of wins in this category. We need people to get very excited about it because the potential beyond this is that it could scale a heck of a lot faster within that client space or, or other. And so, and then I look, get, I look internally and I've got, you know, hundreds of people working here. And the question is who's, t- who has access to this kind of product? And if there, if it's a, one that's under DC is a much smaller group. I can't, I can't be everywhere at every one time, but if I could offer a product that multiple people on my team could be applying safely and appropriately, then wouldn't I be 
probably having better success with controlling of weeds rather than waiting. Oh, I have to be there every 10 days. And that's the fastest I can get to all these sites. And so it's, uh, my head starts spinning about all the opportunities that products can, could do with this in this space, but we have to be very clear and, 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 and I'm not one of the best ones at it, but, you know, cheering on what we're doing on site. Sometimes our clients don't even have a clue like, Oh yeah, it's weed free. Yeah. Did you know we've been doing it with this kind of product versus this traditional way? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a great way of like demonstrating. Yeah. The question. So it's like, but how do you do that without, so right now you're investing, right. But that, that costs you, how do you recover profitability in something like applications, which tends to be a margin part of our businesses and landscaping. How do you recover that with like new products? Or what's your kind of business plan to get the profitability back after doing like this time of investment of demoing out new products, demoing out new businesses? Do you have any idea like how you do that or so, you know, I, I think uh, for from our perspective, it's if when you have the matched up client to it, um, then they're more on board with a, a, a cost change. And so, but to be afraid of not putting invest in that dollar until someone gives you a dollar means you'll never learn if you use more or less of this product than you thought. And so for me, it would be um, trying it, uh, exploring the, the, the way it's being used, the results of that, then you have a more of a comparison. And at that point, then you could start building those cost structures well within your the, the contracts and organization because you have much more accuracy with it rather than, well, geez, I think because it's four ounces or 20 ounces per I've got to have this but what if I'm what if I'm using less and so um it on our end it's just the back end and once we know those costs and the real costs then yeah we have to start building them back in the client I mean we've if if anything taught us the last couple of years we're saying that now these clients we've been underselling our products and our services we need to start raising our prices this industry could support that and it supports it with what Patrick and his team are building more than uh, using the same products we've always used, right? And so, um, you know, if the Roundup keeps showing up in the back of the truck, then what's different? Why is this going to be different? But here we are putting battery equipment, an autonomous unit, uh, natural products for for controlling the weeds. Like there's just, uh, these start saying, ah, I get it. I see why. Um, And then it supports the, of course, the raise in labor just to keep fair wages for, for our team members out there. So, Learn yeah, it, live so, it, test it. You guys it. are in New York, right? Yes. So yeah. I mean, it's a, it's against the law in New York to spray glyphosate on any public land. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so a lot of this, you know, instead of uh, me looking at at my job as to create demand, I think that the the demand is is building. And every every time you get a robo call from a lawyer or 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 a law is changed, that just, you know, that just benefits our mission. And so I'm not as much out there trying to change minds, hearts and minds as just be there when they are changed. I yeah, that's cool. And oh, and I was just gonna say, and like it's cool that your companies are out there that are supplying the option to the market we get you know that takes sort of risk and um and also just playing against the the bigger larger force of the norm so it's cool that you guys are able to have a mission to put out an option that's more natural oriented and um, i think that's that's super cool and exciting for you guys too so yeah i'm just 
I'm just trying to figure out how all these pieces work together, you know, and like how, how these partnerships work and how at the end of the day, the people who are considering this, like the homeowners in this case, right? Like benefit the best so that way everyone like gets a win-win situation, you know? So mm-hmm. the earth is healthier, people get paid and properties look good. <laughs> right. It is, um, there is a demand out there. So you, if you're a provider to residential services, there's immediately uh, clients out there to the point of how to manage public lands in certain areas that are more regulated. Then now all of a sudden, if you have these um, tools and products in your in your organization, now you are probably going to be favored to be working on some, such a product. And so if there's always those differentiators that, and everybody has to recognize in their organization the day I got an excavator was the day I could start taking a larger job, these bigger trenching jobs. The day I found natural products that we can provide and to treat uh, for for unwanted weeds, now all of a sudden I've opened up a clientele. And so, if you, it's not you, you have to do your homework, you have to do your due diligence, build a budget and support it, and then partner with manufacturers. Right, Patrick, I got to think some of the best opportunities are when they no one just buys a product but they're asking the questions they're being curious they're engaging with you all so they're doing it the right way and you have that long that relationship piece rather than it's not just to your point it's not a transaction it's meant to be something to partner up in absolutely and um and it's just one of those things what i always tell people is try it give it a i mean watch what happens i mean i can sit there and tell you what what happens my wife is tired of me um putting brown spots all around our property testing this stuff out but um you know somebody was a lot of people asked me about english ivy does it kill english ivy and tough to kill i've killed english ivy with it i had to hit it a couple of times i had some english ivy a few weeks ago that i sprayed didn't do a thing to it but it was also still dormant it was still cold and so um but i always want people to you know, you know, this is what, what the product is. This is possible limitations. Woodier, waxier vegetation is going to be harder to kill. So you have to hit it more than once, but um, judge for yourself. You know, it, it, it's not a, I mean, we're, we're not splitting the atom here. I mean, this. <laughs> agreed. Um, agreed. And, and so the introduction to this, I mean, it, I think a lot of our listeners are starting to hear about this, uh, you know, these alternative products. Um, I've watched uh, a lot of, we partner with a lot of universities and they're, they're buildings and grounds folks. They already have some of this, right? And so they're, it's there. Um, and so someone has got to be first. Someone's going to always sit on the fence and watch it until it's proven um, that it's it's compatible for their needs. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, and, and what we want to do on this podcast is always to continue to introduce new ideas and perspectives on, on how to manage a landscape or create that landscape. Um, but also, and- Brett, if I could interrupt you for a moment, mm-hmm. one thing that we um, do, and this is a tip for maybe possibly your landscaper listeners, um, l- little sign that says glyphosate free yard, you know, stick those in the yards and then it becomes a neighborhood thing. Um, yep. You know, I was, I was working out next to the president of Elon university. I, I live here in North Carolina and um, this was years ago when he was still president. And they were putting in these environmentally sustainable, low flow toilets and all this stuff all over campus. And I said, why are you doing that? It's so expensive. He says, because to prospective 18 or 17 or 18 year old students, 
it matters to them. And so, um, you know, once people, people don't care about what they care about until they care about it, until it's kind of in their face. And so that's one thing that we do is, is it's almost like a, you know, join, join the movement, you know, ride the wave. Was that Skittles? <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I a hundred percent agree that, you know, and it's an interesting uh, perspective is the people that are going to be working with you in the future um, are going to be asking these questions really hard. And yep. um, you know, the, the, the world is, is saying they're, they're going to want to be part of that cutting edge space. Um, I mean, how do you show join us in this part of it or a piece of it doesn't maybe not ever going to be the whole part, but hundred percent. Um, this is just as good of a recruiting opportunity, um, as it is, uh, um, good for the environment. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I appreciate the conversation today. Uh, again, broaden the horizon, think differently. Um, and, um, and, and a fun story, Patrick, again, not, you know, I, myself and a number of our industry, we go to horticulture school, we go into a landscape company, right. Miles comes from family business stays within it, right. There's a, that's a pretty straight line. Uh, yours is not quite straight. I went way out of the box and came right back in. So, well, you know, um, I love it. I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> no, nothing to say, but prove, um, again, that, that your story, what we hope to say is, you know, the industry, the green industry is for everybody and you just need to get a little bit of an introduction and then that passion grows. And so if this is, the big public service announcement is just tap, you know, someone on the shoulder. Hey, have you ever thought about this space? Just the way Patrick got sort of asked, do you, what do you want to come over here? And so, and you just never know where it goes. And so. It, and they're not always mutually exclusive. I mean, just because somebody's using a certain product doesn't make them an evil person. And I don't ever want to tell somebody that they're, that they're harming the environment, but is there, is there a better way? And so that's the question yeah. we're all trying to answer. And if you were to ask me, where could people get this product? I'd be happy to tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. Where is, is, is that uh where would well, when, when find this product? Well, I, I, we're in stores all over the country. Um, but if, if, if you want to order a small bottle just to test out um, plantsbymail.com, um, amazon.com, but I, I I'll, I'd send you to plantsbymail.com. Mm -hmm. um those are great guys. i saw that as a right on your website there looking at that that it links right to that there yep. one shop so wonderful um all right so we end everything with a rose and thorn uh what went well this past week time frame any there or and what's sort of been that little pain in the side uh, uh miles why don't you kick us off what is you've been your rose and thorn well sorry try to hit that button um Man, those, those things, this has been good. I just love it. Spring coming to play. You know, the weather is good. Enjoying life. Um, you know, just seeing the sun makes sense a lot cheerier. Um, not many times right now. You know, these Mondays are kickers. So, you know, it's, uh, good. it's all good for now. All right. How about you, Patrick? So far, it's been, it's been great. Um, you know, I've got one kid graduating from college. I've got one graduating from high school and I've got a, one who's a freshman in high school. And so far, um, they all still talk to me, um, using when they need money, but, um, you know, life is good. Spring is sprung in North Carolina. Perfect. Uh, I'll, I'll resonate with that piece. Um, 
business is moving fast and quick. Um, and we've always said that that has comes with roses and thorns at the same time, some uptick. And finally, you know, it takes a little 80 degree weather around New York and all of a sudden everyone starts thinking about their landscape. And so when we've been trying to tell them to think about it all winter and now they wait until the day before, um, but our, our, but those are the typical landscaper uh, woes. Um, so, um, and appreciate the the conversation we had here today. Um, makes me think about all of uh, our, how we're caring for uh, and dealing with our plant material out there and weeds and such. So, um, gonna follow up with you on that, Patrick. And we'll. Uh, so uh, these are the the highlights of listening to this or participating. Is just new ideas come in, and they could really quick have some quick impact. So. To our listeners, thank you all. Hopefully today offered you some new perspectives um, and uh, we wish you all the best out there in this this spring season. Um, Thanks again, Patrick. Miles, always good to see you. Take care, everybody. Good to see you. Thank you.